this is Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. Hello folks, this is Ben. This is a Small Voice Conversations with Photographers, as I'm sure you already know, my podcast. And Happy New Year to each and every single one of you. Thank you for tuning in for the first episode of 2024. Before we go on, a quick sponsor read. I want to welcome back, after a very brief pause, MPB, the largest global platform on which to buy, sell and trade your used photo and video kit. MPB is not a marketplace per se. They buy directly from sellers and evaluate all the items before reselling approved kit with a dynamic pricing engine providing the right price up front based on mate model condition and market across a huge selection of camera bodies lenses and accessories every item is inspected carefully by product specialists and comes with a six-month warranty giving customers peace of mind that buying used doesn't mean sacrificing reliability the mpb business model is 100 percent circular they promote sustainability diversity and inclusion in everything they do all the packaging is 100 percent plastic free and their cloud-based platform uses 100 percent renewable electricity and with first class customer service their users can receive support through the help center or by speaking with an expert at mpb there's equipment for everyone who wants to try something new hone their skills or pursue their passion and it won't cost the earth visit mpb.com the simple safe and circular way to trade upgrade and get paid for kit so how's it going hope you're all fine hope you had a good like festive period if you celebrate such things And we're kicking off the new year with a magnum man, Richard Calver, who I will introduce properly in a minute. Uh, Also, don't forget, you can join up as a member of this podcast at pod.fan. And for £5 a month, you can access all the special exclusive members only content uh, that comes with that uh, deal. And that includes uh, an additional episode every other week and uh, photo book focus, which is a monthly Zoom session we do with a particular photographer introducing one of their book projects. There's much more to come as a member for 2024. Trust me on that. So please do go and sign up. Five quid a month at pod.fan. Anyway, yeah, I will introduce the fantastic Richard Calver properly in a minute. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Capture One Pro, the professional photo editing software for every photographer that allows you to shoot, edit and collaborate wherever you find yourself from the most controlled studio environment to the unpredictability of the open road. Capture One's powerful, easy to use set of tools feature true to life colours and superb image quality, lightning fast, tether shooting, speedy and smart shortcuts and an on the go workflow for both desktop and iPad. And Capture One Live makes remote collaboration, both for getting feedback in real time and post shoot faster and easier. Free to use, collaborators can access images and leave feedback from any device. So basically... In 2024, whatever stage in your photographic trajectory you're at, you can also tell your best stories and bring your vision to life with Capture One Pro. Try it yourself, sign up for free for 30 days and get an exclusive 20% discount on your first year subscription by going to captureone.co slash a small voice 23, capital A, capital S, capital V and 23 the number. Ah, of course, that's last year's code because it's 23, but it will still work. So you can still use that one until further notice. I will get that one updated to 24, but for now, use that one so looking forward to bringing you lots more good um, podcast chats uh, in 24 
got some interesting and fabulous guests lined up already and some in the can which I'm also looking forward to bringing you there's a couple of quite exciting uh, uh, guests coming up uh, in the in the fairly near future but anyway I won't say too much as usual look let me uh, introduce this week's guest This is basically Richard's uh, bio from the Magnum website, essentially. Ambiguity is at the forefront of Richard Calvert's photography. Richard, who describes context as the enemy, seeks mystery and multiple meanings through surprising framing and meticulous timing. He describes his approach as more like poetry than photojournalism. It attacks on the emotional level. Richard has done extensive personal assignment and commercial work in the US, France, Italy, England and Japan, among others. He's published a number of solo books, including Earthlings in 2007 and his most recent title, Selected writings published in 2023 by Damiani and he has had important exhibitions in the US, France, Germany, Spain and Italy. His work has appeared in Geo, The Paris Review, Creative Camera, Aperture, Zoom, Newsweek and Photo among many others. Editorial assignments and even commercial work have given Richard an additional opportunity to do personal photography. He did many documentary stories that allowed him to disengage from documentary mode when the occasion arose. Richard joined Magnum Photos as an associate member in 1975, became a full member two years later. He subsequently served several times as vice president and once as president of the agency so that's richard let me do one more ad read before we carry on with it this episode of small voice is brought to you by the fantastic pick time the advanced gallery platform for photographers that combines flexible beautiful client galleries for seamless photo delivery customizable layouts built-in slideshows client-specific print shops with powerful marketing automation tools to help you maximize your revenue and now even a full blogging feature so basically try pick time yourself go and have a look they've got some fantastic uh, features as they say including that blog try it yourself completely free for 30 days by signing up for a trial period at pick-time.com and enter the code a small voice to get an exclusive bonus month when upgrading to any pick time paid plan elevate your photos and build a successful business with pick time the all-in-one platform to deliver share and sell your prints so it was lovely to chat with richard i managed to do that in paris at paris photo when i was there last year when was it november uh, seems a long time ago, but wasn't that long ago. And Richard, of course, lives in Paris and has done for many, many years. And so I went to his place, which was very cool. Uh, and I enjoyed uh, seeing where he lived and uh, sitting with him. Lovely bloke. Had a great chat. Enjoyed it very much. And I hope you do too. Here's Richard Calver. I'm glad you got a thing, a new book out, because, you know, we we could have talked to any random a moment and uh it's nice to sort of you know have a kind of thing to to focus on or to you know hang it on as it were but I also want to do a bit of kind of biographical stuff because I'd love to really hear about your story you know and and you know you've been you've been doing it a long time you know and you've been That's in true. magnum for a long time That's but uh, the th- one thing I'd love to talk about is Paris because you've lived here for for so long what what uh how did you land up in Paris? Apart from the fact, obviously, it's one of the great cities of the world. But what was it about Paris that made you settle here? Um, I uh, through a series of, of um, uh, random and lucky uh, things. I studied French when I was in, in uh, middle school and uh, high school and uh, university. A little bit, so I mean, I didn't speak very well, but I, yeah. I, I had the, the the base to 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 sort of get into a conversation, and uh, I was kind of a, a francophile, um, and then uh, um, 
I went to university and I, uh, as the end approached, I realized that I, I wasn't going to make it. Uh, you know, I was yeah. uh, doing less and less work and going to fewer and fewer classes. And uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was not in great shape. Yeah, and I, I I left in my in what was supposed to be my final year, but which uh, wouldn't have been my final year. Uh, but it's in 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 the states it, it it was and maybe still is relatively easy to take a leave of absence. Right. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, and you can go back and finish your course at yeah, almost absolutely. at any point. Yeah, which which is what I did. Right. But, so so I I I left and I went back to New York, where I grew up. And um, I had to, I had to make some money, so I started uh, looking around, and uh, you know. But it, 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 it was a good time. It was the the middle '60s. Mm. I mean, good time, but a bad time in many ways. But yeah. a, a good a good time because there was a general prosperity. Uh, people didn't think so much. I mean. People weren't worried about you know whether they're going to make a living or not. You know, you could always get a job. Uh, right. You know, it's a, a lot of things that that uh, we took for granted that uh, you know probably exist less uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it wasn't that big a deal that my not having uh, work. And I went to um, I had dinner with some friends. Uh, and I told them you know I'm looking for something, and uh, the, the the husband said, um, Ah, well. Uh, I, I worked for, for a photographer, fashion photographer, and uh, I, I, he gets rid of his assistants all the time. So, uh, you know, that was four months ago. Uh, I left, and I hear that, that uh, he's looking now for another one. It's a, 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 a replacement of the replacement. Uh, but, uh, uh, but no, 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 he was French. Said um, no, forget it, forget it, because he's you know he's he's, got, he's a terrible guy, uh, so, you know, he's screaming all the time. Uh, but and I thought, well, that sounds pretty interesting. I didn't know the first thing about photography, mm. uh, and I was and I wasn't interested in photography. But the idea, you know, it sounded uh, kind of arty and uh, you know the uh, maybe nice models and stuff. So I went to see the the photographer, and and uh, his name was uh, uh, Jerome Ducrot. And uh, he hired me. Mm. I have no idea why he hired me because I didn't know anything about uh, photography. Yeah, and he was based in New. In he was, he was based. In, yeah, New he, at the time he was based in New yeah. York. Um, uh, and uh, I spent I spent about about a year with him. And then I and I learned a whole lot of stuff uh, without even realizing it. I mean, I, uh, it turns out that he, he it was true that he was uh, you know he did, did a lot of uh, uh, screaming and stuff. <laughs> uh, but he was also a very generous guy. Uh, he's a very bright guy, um, and uh, he knew a lot about photography. Not only his own. His uh, his family had been friendly with uh, Catej uh, when Catej lived in France. Um, his, uh, but he, he became a, ph- a photographer because he had, he had he had been a soldier in the, in the Algeria and I don't know he, somehow he got a camera, and he and he it took pictures while, while he was there and then they were they were published in the Paris Match, mm. so that that uh, you know that was his start. Right. So he was so he was more than just a fashion photographer in a way. Like he had his interest in photography was much broader than that. It wasn't like he was. Yeah. Pure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, to, to go from t- taking more pictures to uh, to, to taking right. pictures, of, 
and and he he was a, a very good photographer and and he had a, a way of uh, shooting that was kind of different from a lot, a lot of other people uh, uh, models would be jumping and uh, mm. uh, very active yeah yeah and uh, okay so so i was in this this kind of uh, french bath for uh, for about a year mm. and then um i i left him uh, and i as a, get, a going away present, he gave me an old camera when I bought a couple of lenses, and I went to to, to Europe uh, as long as my money would hold out, mm. and I I hitchhiked around. But I didn't. I wasn't a photographer. I was a. Yeah. I, I almost didn't bring the camera. I almost didn't have enough room for it in my <laughs> knapsack. Uh, and uh, I traveled around for almost a year, and at the end, I was a photographer. Right. Right. Amazing. Uh, I, I I knew that uh, I was going to do it. And and obviously you 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 visited Paris during that time. Yeah, I was in uh, in, in Paris, uh, south of France, but also uh, uh, yeah. England, Sweden, uh, and I I wound up in, in uh, Morocco. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, but what, but, but I, I I didn't. I'm sorry, sorry I, I'm, I'm making a, 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 lo- a long story even longer. That's but, what you're uh, here for. Please uh, do. Um, feel free to. No, because we were talking about what, how you ended up right exactly li- actually but, living here. But you know, I. I Okay, so um, then I came back. Uh, I spent a couple of mo- uh, after almost a year. I spent a, cup- a couple of months uh, in New York. I worked at a, at a lab, a, a good lab. So mm. uh, I, I, uh, they let me they let me stay in the evenings, and I was able to print my own pictures. Uh, 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 my my official job was a receptionist. Right. <laughs> but uh, and then I went back and I painfully finished my uh, university degree. Oh, okay. Okay. And then I was a photo- I was a photographer, yeah. so I I came back to the city and so on. Uh, at some point, I had a show. Uh-huh. I uh, uh, I mean I I started thinking that I was actually not so bad, <laughs> and I put together pictures and I and I had a show at a little gallery, uh, a photo lab gallery uh, that uh, no one had ever heard. Of. I mean everyone knew about it as as a photo lab, but they didn't know about it as, as a gallery. Oh, of course, yeah. And I had a little show, and I um, I wrote to the to the uh, to the the photo uh, uh, critic of the uh, of the Village Voice, which was um, a kind of a, uh, in a newspaper in, in New York, uh, uh, very important for the arts. Mm. Uh, I, and I said, um, "You've never heard of me, uh, and you, I, 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 you've probably never heard of this gallery, but you really should see this show that I have because it's really pretty interesting." So he went. Wow, <laughs> that was kind of ballsy, to for you yeah, to. Yeah. But I guess you had nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, and uh, and uh, you know, normally what would happen is you don't get a response. Right. Uh, my my response was a, a full page uh, uh, review uh, okay. in the magazine with with a a, a picture, uh, you know, a large picture up on the top. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was um, I don't know, nineteen sixty nine, I guess. And um, at the same time, there was a French theater director who um, had a, got, got a, a, a fellowship to travel around the States. So he was traveling around. He was, he was out in Los Angeles staying with a friend of his uh, who had a subscription to the Village Voice. So like one morning at breakfast, he's you know, going through it, turning the pages, boop. Hits the picture that uh, you know the review, but uh, mm. m- mostly the picture on the top. He said, "Ah, 
that's the kind of picture I need for my the, my article uh, for the Nouvelle Observateur. In, in, uh, as his friend looked at it, and it turned out that his friend was a, very, a close friend of my former boss. <laughs> See, this is what you mean when you talk about a whole random uh, series of incredible uh, coincidences or or chances. And I I kind of like to collect these, Mm -hmm. you know, because so many people, their lives and their careers do seem to turn on these amazingly unlikely sort of confluence of of situations. uh, You're one of those people. Well, I think probably uh, everyone has luck. Sometimes they may not recognize it. Right. And also, I mean, for taking pictures, you need a lot of luck. Yeah. But you have to know how to look for it and how to take advantage of it. But yeah, I like that quote about luck doesn't happen by accident. Luck is where um, preparation meets opportunity. I think that's a really... Yeah, but the, 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 the opportunity part is, is uh, uh, you know, that's a gift. That's the luck part. Exactly, but, yeah. But, but you're not, you have to know how to take care of it, take, take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, his, 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 so his friend said, well, I, you know, I, yeah, sure, the, the, you know, look him up when you go back to New York. So he looked me up when he got back to New York, and we became friendly, and uh, um, I spoke to him a lot. He interviewed me, uh, and then he went back to France, and he, deci- he decided to—he he, he ran the, uh, the National Theater in Marseille, mm. and— uh, he wrote, he decided to write a play about his experiences. So this was the late sixties, a lot going on, uh, uh, Vietnam War, um, uh, civil rights, and so on, uh, which was a series of sketches. And he wrote to me, and he offered me a part in the play. Uh, why? I mean, I, w- I wasn't an actor. It's because he he thought it would be interesting to have people who weren't actors to be actors okay, for one yeah, thing yeah. and also because i had a i had a french ac- i had an american accent in french okay so that, then i went to uh, i went to paris then down to marseille uh, i stayed uh, the, the whole the whole experience was uh, three and a half months uh, long rehearsals in Marseille, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, mm. uh, everyone was away from home, even including the French cast, because they, most of them lived in Paris. And uh, you know, we went out every night, and uh, and then we w- then uh, um, we played in Paris, and that was a total disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was okay since I wasn't an actor, and I wasn't going to get another p- part like that. Right. Uh, I had already started taking pictures, mm. and uh, th- because in Marseille we you know we re- rehearsed all day, and uh, uh, whereas in in Paris we pl- we we played at night, and during the days we didn't have rehearsals to do anymore. So right. we, you know, you so time. I started going around taking pictures, uh, meeting people, uh, and so on. Mm. And then at the end, I uh, had the, uh, someone gave me the possibility of uh, staying at a, in a maid's room. So I, I stayed in maid's room. And I started uh, getting work and so on. So that, that's my beginning of Paris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, the, the, these 20 minutes that have just passed <laughs> no, led, no. led to that. Yeah, no, that's all, that's all good. And, and in a way, we, sort of, we glossed over some, some of the important stuff in trying to sort of cl- close the loop on that, on that question about how you, how you ended up here. Um, no, because I loved it. So, yeah, you, well, I wish everyone could see the, your place that I'm uh, sitting in now. Um, but... Um, you you did that trip and you came back a photographer as you put it you know you you kind of discovered it uh, another person who just you know discovered photography and I guess we all 
do one way or another. But I guess you came back with uh, unprocessed film. You hadn't even seen the the exactly. pictures. Yeah. I, I I sent a lot of my film to, to, to back to my father. Yeah, some yeah. of it was lost in the in the in the mail. That was uh, <laughs> right, for, right. Yeah, as you a can terrible yeah. problem. But and so I didn't see it for a year. Okay, right. So you weren't sure. And then I guess that must have been quite exciting to finally get those processed and contact sheets. And Yeah. yeah. It, it was very exciting because, as I said, I knew I was a, photo- a, photo- a photographer. Even and before you saw the work? Yeah, the work, I, the I mean, uh, at the beginning, I, I didn't even know why I brought a camera along. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, what, what was I doing? Well, I was in Europe. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I had to, I had to fill up my days uh, somehow. So one of the ways was to like, walk around with a camera, right? Uh, and like, so were you? Did you get enthusiastic enough to sort of seek out, you know, uh, the the work of you know other people to take inspiration from, you know, Cartier-Bresson and that sort of classic street photography type stuff? Because that's always been your kind of focus. Or did was that later? I I, I can't. Uh, I, I was greatly uh, influenced by uh, b- by a few books, uh, but I can't really remember whether. I mean, I, I, working for Ducrot, I'm sure that he showed me stuff. And since yeah. uh, and since I met Kertes uh, and so on, and uh, and Ducrot's brother was was a, a, a big editor at a, a, a very important uh, publishing company at the time, which I don't think exists anymore, yeah. called um, uh, Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they published uh, Cartier-Bresson and, uh, and the Cartes and a lot of other yeah. people. And uh, I mean, the the books that did it for me were uh, 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 Cartier-Bresson, the um, uh, this decisive one? moment and yeah, things like yeah. that, and uh, Robert Frank, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because because. Um, in my in my uh, ignorance, uh, the, the only pictures I ever saw uh, really were pictures in in uh, newspapers, magazines, Life magazine. Mm. Not that I saw many because I you know I wasn't that particularly interested in it. Yeah, yeah. But you know it it it, it looked it was the way you were supposed to take pictures. Clearly, the way you were supposed to see America. Uh, you know, I I had an instinctive. Uh, 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 rejection of that, right? Where, and when I, when I, w- what freed me was seeing the the, the books by um, Frank and and uh, Cartier Bresson mm. and and other people, but they were they were the because I, I saw that you could you could just do it whatever you whatever you wanted. Yeah. You go to, you could photograph reality, but not because you're trying to show something, but just because you you feel something, right? And that that was uh, that was my so. I, I would say that, um, well, I don't know. I, th- I must have seen them before yeah. I went on my trip. But it's like, in a way, it's, you weren't trying to emulate anyone or anything. You were really doing your own thing, you know, on an instinctive yeah, level. Yeah, I, I didn't want to take pictures like Cartier Bresson yeah. or like Robert Frank. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. I wanted to be free like Cartier Bresson right. and Robert Frank. Right. Also, I meant to ask you about, like, as an American, what, did they try and draft you or anything like that? Yeah, they tried. Oh, okay. So you managed to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I managed to uh, to to 
well, you know, I said I was having trouble in, in university and so on. So, uh, you know, I was a little depressed uh, and so on. And, and uh, I maybe exaggerated a little bit right. and uh, managed to... Yeah, get, get, get away. Because the last thing you want to do is go to Vietnam, right? I mean, at that point, what yes, would have been... Yes, yes, but I, so, but I had to I had to go for inspection every year. Right, right. Okay. So you had to continue. So there was always that. I guess those that was well, the threat of that was hanging over your head then for 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 each. Yeah, year. yeah, yeah. That can't have been good. But then, yeah, um, you were in your twenties in the late sixties, so that must have been a lot of fun in that period. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, uh... and like the thing with your stuff that differentiates all those other people though is is the humor, I guess. The humor is your kind of defining characteristic in a way. So, like, where does that come from? Like, because you, I, I, I mean, we've just met for the first time, and you seem kind of, kind of, you seem kind of shy in a way. I don't know if you are. I certainly am. Hmm. Um, so I kind of maybe recognize that. But you know, your images are very—they're the opposite in a weird way to that. I mean, you know, the fact that you've—I guess. I guess, you know, as a photographer, you can sort of hide behind the camera to a certain extent. You don't have to engage with these people. But a lot of them, you know, they're clearly aware of you being there and it feels like there is a sort of interaction going on. So, yeah, sorry, I've sort of gone off. But, um, yeah, the humour, like, is that in, an integral part of your sort of personality? Yeah, I think so. Mm, to want to represent that. I mean, um, uh yeah, I think I've always uh, been like to play with uh, words and uh, ideas, and uh, even when when I, when I was growing up. In fact, um, uh, when I you, you asked me about uh, uh, what it was like uh, getting back my first contact sheets. Yeah, yeah. That's when I that's when I really became a photographer. Yeah. It's when I when I um, edited it for the, uh, really for the first time. Mm. Uh, I mean, I had sh I shot a little bit in when, when I, while I was working for Ducro in New York, because he 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 let me use his cameras. So I, every once in a while, I'd go go around and uh, I I you know I don't have any great pictures from back then, but you know I have one or two that uh, you know if you see them years later, you say oh, yeah, yeah, it looks like it was going somewhere. Show promise, yeah, yeah. Uh, but not but not many. But when I came back, I had a whole lot of pictures to look at. And uh, I looked at uh, all this crap, you know, I don't know, hundred, hundreds of uh, contact sheets. You know, you see, you see 36 pictures on a, on a page. And just looking at it like that, I mean, it looks like, the, you know, it's, it's terrible. There's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. You know, or every, it's all bad. Yeah. And so I went through the... Um, uh, I, I learned by doing the the editing process with a, with a, a grease pencil on uh, on the contact sheet uh, and and uh, a magnifying glass um, and so I would go through and I put little marks on anything that maybe possibly could be interesting and then I'd go through the uh, then I'd only look at those and make mm. for, for some of the pictures make the make the the, the line a little longer and uh, up and then they were, when they really getting better I would make the line the whole bottom of the uh, the, the the image and then then I'd start going up on the side and then <laughs> yeah. and and at the end I had a few pictures boxed off you know, I had managed to do to to you know to 
complete the the, yeah. the rectangle. Yeah, and that that was the there was the those were the ones kind of thing, the the best ones on the first sheet. of all. Uh, the, 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 yeah, okay, they, they were they were the ones that I thought were the best. They were you know I, I compared them to the, the I started with the lousy ones and then little by little I, I refined the, the ore and I got to something. Mm. I remember that uh, there's a kind of magic that took place. Suddenly, they, the, these were photographs. Everything else on the on the page, you know, they were just pictures that I had uh, snapped and so on. And by 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 framing it that way, by by marking it off, it took on a life oh, uh, right. that was separate. Yeah. But, but the thing that that I noticed was what you're talking about the the the, the, the humor uh, and and. Um, you know the 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 visual playing and uh, stuff, mm. playing with the visual elements and Mm-mm. and I I realized that that was what I what I had always been like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, you know I kind of discovered that yeah, that that in photography my personality was coming out. Right. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. One thing's kind of there's it, a kind of symbiosis going on there. But you know, in a way, I've sort of maybe mischaracterized it. It's not just humor. There's there's more to it than that. It's more subtle than that. There is there is humor, but it's about well, I mean, you know, your, your book, of course, was was called Earthlings. It was about this this perspective of you know us humans as kind of really quite strange <laughs> creatures, you know, and you were sort of trying to express that in a way as if you'd come down, you know, on a flying saucer and you were sort of observing these weird Homo sapiens. I love that, you know, and I, I love. I love that's how that you know you kind of thought about it. Well, I've just where's this quote I've got from from you? Um, I like pictures where people are trying to make connections and they're not really succeeding. All these pictures come out of the life, uh, come out of my life anyway, because I'm playing with things I have trouble dealing with. Sorry, I've messed that up, but because uh, I can't read my own handwriting. But yeah, I love, I love that. That's quite revealing that you you know, you're. Uh, you're playing with things you have trouble dealing with. What do you have trouble dealing with? Is it kind of s- the the interactions between humans, or yeah, I guess the weirdness, <laughs> being alive, the dealing with other people, uh, de- uh, trying to figure out where I fit into uh, to all that. Uh, mm. Yeah, and uh, the the humor. I think you should. Uh, I mean, I think it's obvious that it's kind of dark humor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, I like the the and I guess you know I, mean, I suppose I suppose Cartier Bresson had a bit of that going on. You know, some of his pictures there was there was definitely, you know, he was obviously, yeah, his intellect was is just sort of coming through in those. Frank as well, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of his pictures, yeah. the stuff in the Americans, you know, there's there's some jokes going on as well. There's the yeah, serious absolutely. stuff or, or, or Friedlander. Uh, yeah, and 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 Erwitt, obviously. Yeah, Elliot Erwitt, of course. And these are all guys you ended up. Well, a lot of these guys you ended up, you know, within Magnum. That must have been, you well, know, Erwitt. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. Uh, well, and 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 Cartier-Bresson. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's some two quite big names there. And what was Kurtesh like? You met him. Yeah. Well, he was a nice guy. Interesting. Um, uh, great smile. Uh, <laughs> warm. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, you know he he obviously had a an impish uh, sense of humor also. Sure, yeah, exactly. And then so like um, you, well, I think you joined VU uh, in the early seventies, which actually I didn't realize was went back as far as that. Um, no, 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 because the, the, there are two. Ah, it was a different VU. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There, there had been a, a 
a magazine in France uh, well before my time, in the 30s maybe, uh, which was um, uh, apparently a pretty good uh, magazine where they had nice uh, pictures, uh, um, you know, maybe uh, more interesting, than, uh, not less newsworthy, but more interesting than the Paris match or the, mm. so on. And it was called Vue uh, uh, in French. Yeah. VU. And um, uh, the man that I met uh, and became very close to um, um, while I was uh, acting, <laughs> I went up to, I went, to, uh, well, okay. I, I, I'm giving you little uh, anecdotes. I, I, this could go on for hours. Please but, do. Okay. There's no time limit. Uh, the, only, the only restriction is your, is your time. So. So since since I had uh, been so influenced by um, the Americans, I uh, I decided to get in touch with uh, Del Pierre, who's who's the the the, 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 the editor the editor of course who did it. famously yeah. So I um, looked in the phone book and I found uh, De, uh, Robert Del Pierre, and um, I called up. <laughs> it's a, sort of like uh, the the thing I did with the Village Voice, right. but. Uh, uh, more normal. I mean, it's a more more normal just to call up and see see what happens. And um, I I was passed over to a, to an art director who said, uh, "Ah, well, we don't uh, we, we don't do books anymore. Uh, now it's an advertising agency and uh, so on. And, I, and I'm an art art director. Uh, uh, it turned out that they they stopped doing books because um, Del Pier had had inv invested in um, um, uh, William Klein's movie, which is called uh, "Who Are You, Peggy Magoo?" Right. Which actually wasn't a bad movie, as I remember <laughs> it. Okay, kind of a little, uh, uh, I mean, pretty funny, uh, but it, 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 a total failure. Total okay. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so he lost all. His, so Del Pier lost all his money. Oh, wow. <laughs> he he invested big and yeah. back the wrong horse and back the wrong horse. So he, <laughs> so he couldn't publish books anymore and so on. But but so the, but the art art director said, well, come up and uh, come up and see me. So I went I went I went to see him and um, I showed him my pictures and he was very nice and very friendly and and he sent me to see the person that I am talking about who uh, was uh, running. A combination gallery, well, uh, uh, yeah, gallery and kind of a photo photo agency called Vu. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, okay, and then, I get it. And, and then, and a lot of things grew out of that. Yeah. Well, then you you went on to help find found uh, an agency yourself, Viva. Well, uh, the, uh, the, the this person that I'm talking about is it was uh, Pierre de Fenouille. Uh huh. Uh, so. Um, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't even in Vue. I mean, I was just kind of hanging around with the, with the pair, and so were other people. Uh, Klein a little bit, uh, uh, but uh, some, some other people, uh, but pretty good photographers. Um, uh, Katya Brisson's wife, Martine Fra uh, mm -hmm. Frank. Um, yeah, it was kind of, you know, kind of an interesting place. But I mean, I, I, I was never given a contract or, uh, right. you know, it was just, uh, you know, okay, I, I guess I'm in, I'm in vue. <laughs> and then, and then uh, after about a year, uh, Pierre started getting uh, wanderlust, and uh, so he, he gave it all up, and he decided to go to New York for a year. And uh, so some of the people who, who were in vue, one way or another, decided to try to, con to continue it. 
And uh, uh, Pierre said, well, no, but you can't use the name uh, Vu. Right. Because, right. because uh, I own the, uh, the copyright. <laughs> it turns out that that wasn't true, but uh, yeah, anyway, so, so we, we changed it to Viva. Okay, all right. Yeah, and then so, and then Magnum, I think, was, wasn't that much later, maybe three years later or something, you know, uh, 75 or 75. something. How did that happen? Were you kind of being mentored by someone or you, did someone suggest you apply? How did it come about? Well, I was, uh, so it's uh, five years uh, after I arrived that I, that I joined Magnum, mm. f- f- uh, that, that I arrived in Paris, I mean. Yeah. And I was, I was starting to think, um, you know, Viva uh, is a very, uh, what they call in French, uh, Franco-Francais. Mm. You know, it's a, the, the, it's, it, it, it uh, existed basically in France, n- n- nowhere else. Uh, and uh, you know I'm from somewhere else, and uh, and I thought, do I want to be a, a, a an expatriate uh, for the rest of my life? Uh, mm. I don't think so. Uh, so I started feeling a little uncomfortable, and um, then it turned out that one of my colleagues, uh, Guy Lucier, look here. When I, I'm trying to pronounce the French in in the English way, Lucierec. Uh, was approached by Marc Riboud. Uh-huh. Uh, Viva had, I mean, we didn't make any money, but uh, you know, there was certain um, a certain aura of uh, success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that uh, we had interesting young photographers, and uh, and Magnum was kind of, they didn't really have good people in the in the pipeline, right? So they were, you know, they were looking around for uh, for new blood, and uh, we had some. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so Mark spoke with uh, with Guy, and uh, you know, he said, "Well, you know, why don't you come to Magnum?" And uh, uh, and finally, Guy uh, agreed. And then Mark said, "And uh, who else uh, can we get?" And he he mentioned me. Mm. And Mark, uh, who already had a, a lot of trouble with his American uh, colleagues, uh, thought, well, another American, uh, no, maybe this, that doesn't sound like a good idea. But finally he came around to thinking that it was a good idea. Okay. And I went to see him, and uh, and I understood that I, I, I was just offered um, uh, um, entry into, into Magnum. Wow, I mean, uh, you know. It's quite a big moment. Quite a big moment. Well, it turns out, of course, that that, that wasn't true. <laughs> that that no one can offer you uh, entry into Magnum. That you have to, they, they have to go vote on you. There's a process, yeah. So um, I um, I gave him a portfolio, and and so did uh, Guy. And the, the the meeting was is it was in New York that year, the the annual meeting, when when people when they decide who who to, who to take and. Um, it turned out that uh, I was taken and Guy wasn't, right. <laughs> which was a rather difficult moment. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I was ambitious, and so I said, I'm going to do it. Of course, you had uh, to. And uh, so it was a difficult mo- moment, morally for me, but difficult really for him. Yeah, to, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he, he's, But he came in the next year. Oh, great. Okay, so it worked out well. Yeah, but yeah. He, he had a rough year. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> he got there so like who 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 did you immediately sort of gravitate towards there like who were your who who turned out to be well first of all kind of you know t- a kind of mentor type role but also who became your closest 
bodies in in the agency? Um, well, there was a photographer that I already knew um, in Paris, uh, um, uh, Gilles Perez. Yeah, Gilles. And yeah. and Gilles was living in New York. And and when I joined Magnum, I moved back to New York. So uh, for the, the roughly two years, I was living in New York. I was right. ba living back in New York. Uh, so uh, in New York, um, my coming, and then uh, more or less at the same time, Mary Ellen, Mar Mary Ellen Mark, uh, John Magnum, and uh, uh, and then some younger people coming up. Uh, not the, not the first year, but uh, uh, little by little, uh, but Alex Webb, uh, Susan Micellis, uh, uh and uh, you know we, we actually br what what they, we we brought what what they were looking for. Right, uh, you know the, the yeah, because you can't. Of, it's easy to imagine that you know Magnum always had the sort of you know the kind of pick of the bunch or whatever, or that it, you know that they always had you know good people. But it sounds from what you're saying that that wasn't necessarily a given. Like they were they were looking for, like you say, new blood, the same as any other agency would be. Yeah, and uh, uh, and they were going through a dry period. Mm. Um, not necessarily photographically on the whole, but but as far as bringing in new people is concerned. Yeah. And suddenly, my coming to New York uh, and Mary Ellen's uh, becoming part of it made a group of young photographers. And we, we did things. There was the, 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 uh, in '76 there were uh, the American uh, presidential uh, elections and so on. And uh, you know we were all very involved with that and working together and uh, right. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty rich period. So, so that was you, Mary Ellen, Mark, uh, Gilles, and Gilles. some other people. There was, there was a photographer, photographer named Mark Godfrey who left Magnum oh, okay. at some point. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we were all roughly the same age. Uh, yeah, you know. And, and do you like how? Because you became president at one point, didn't you? Yeah, that was much later. Yeah, much later. Um, but I'm wondering about you know, how how involved. I mean, now I guess you go to the AGM when it's here in Paris. No, I go everywhere. You go, you you go to New York and London as well. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, because it was London last, just yeah. the most recently. I you was were there. there. You were there. Okay, good. Okay, because they, I went to the party. I don't know if you were at the party, but yeah, I was. Oh, I'm, I would have, I could have seen you there then. Yes. Um, I guess yeah, we could we could talk about Magnum ad infinitum, but that thing of grouping people together and giving and making little internal projects that seems to be a tradition that they've kind of carried through really that still happens to some extent the, the thing that you were just referring to well, it, it, it happened again a few years uh, i mean maybe 15 years afterwards when uh we took in a bunch of people many of them uh, europeans who all gravi gra gravitated to new york and new york back then was uh, once again uh, uh, you know, short of people and not not no good no good new people, and suddenly, the fact that the you know they all showed up more or less at the same time, almost by chance, uh, meant that there was suddenly a new group, mm. uh, people like um, Alex uh, Maioli, um, Paolo Pellegrini, yeah. uh, um, Jonas uh, Bendixson. So, and uh, this is the same kind of phenomenon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also had it uh, in, when I went back to Paris, uh, you know, we, there was a group in Paris also. And what, how did you uh, enjoy or not uh, being president? Was that a bit of a sort of, is that a kind of a job that no one really totally wants? I've, I've spoken yes. to, I mean, I've talked to... <laughs> 
a couple of presidents. I talked to Mar- Martin Parr, of course, who was president. I think I talked to Ian very, very recently. I think Ian was president as well at one well, point. No, I'm no, not no. Sure. He was never president. Oh, he never was. He, okay. he was vice president. Vice president, okay. No, but I, I was vice president a number of times. In fact, I'm uh, unfortunately currently the vice president <laughs> of Paris. No, I mean, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, and and um, back then, I felt that and and other people have felt the same way uh, over the years. Something must be done about this terrible situation. <laughs> so, that should be the motto of uh, yeah, Magnum. Something must be done. So so I I I thought I was the I was the one to do it. I mean, it's, I didn't want the glorious title of being vice president. I mean, I think uh, you know I'd, I'd like to be known as a photographer and of not course. so much as a vice president or a president. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did my duty. Yeah, absolutely. Frequently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, in fact, also um, Olivia Arthur, who I've also sp- spoken to, of course, I, I know Olivia reasonably well because, you know, we're both in London. But um, yeah, she she spoke recently about having done her stint, you know, that, you know, she can be a photographer again kind of thing, that, you know, she can reclaim that mm-hmm. that identity because that's the one you, you know, you obviously really want, you know, to be to be known as, you know, someone who's producing work, not not someone who's president of Magnum. Well, I, I became vice president in, in Paris in 1984, and that was kind of a, a, the big break. Uh, I mean, then other things uh, happened also. I got, I got married, had kids, uh, but right. uh, but it, it it was the beginning of a relatively dry period photographically. Mm. Definitely. But like, so what's fascinating to me is that you know you've never really. You've not ever been the sort of photographer who who seeks out commissions or or or, or tries to. I mean, you've put, I'm sure you've done commercial work over the years, but this kind of work that you're known for, this I suppose street photography. I don't think you probably like that term necessarily, but this kind of you know the kind of pursuit of the individual image or whatever. It's not necessarily conducive to finding ways to monetize that as it were is that a fair thing to am i is that a fair statement or yeah yeah, yeah. it's been it, it's been uh, difficult no i i made a an okay living yeah. not not a not a good living right an okay living um i uh, back then there used to be uh, uh, magazines uh, of <laughs> I remember those myself. Yeah, yeah but and, and so and you know you could get, get work, and I I, I had I, I mean I did things like um, I mean I, uh, we we were we at Magnum were very involved in the creation of uh, Geo. Mm. I mean not not that we created it, but uh, we we were used a whole lot by at the beginning for Geo. So you know similar to National Geographic. Um, with editions in different countries, uh, Germany, France. Uh, you, I don't know if there was a UK edition. There was a US not, edition. Maybe, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I don't know. I would get, I mean, not not many, but I had uh, a few assignments where I had I, I could work for months. Right. Months. Yeah. And if I wanted to, uh, like th- three months or four months, and if I wanted to stay for five months, uh, I could have stayed for five months. Amazing, yeah. Uh, everything paid for, hotel, food, uh, the film, uh, developing, uh, the, the occasional uh, car rental, uh, uh, you know, I mean, mm. that's... Uh, unheard of now, unheard, yeah. Unheard of. So, that, you know, that got got me to a lot of places. 
Um, and I worked a lot for you know local uh, magazines, uh, newspapers, and so on, uh, which was not very enriching financially, but uh, okay, you can make you know it was a living. Yeah. And um, some of my personal pictures, I I did on assignment. Right. Of course. And, uh, yeah. Gen- generally not for the assignment, although sometimes. Uh, but you know, while I was there, I was in a pl- particular place, and I saw something, and yeah, I mean that seems to be very much a kind of common approach. You know that, yeah, if you can get a, an assignment that's being paid for, you know, uh, in the place where you're trying to pursue a story or whatever. I mean, in your case, of course, it didn't matter in a sense because you mm. can shoot wherever you are. What, what were your favourite places to shoot? Like, what what kind of what countries and what cities? Like, you know, culturally and all that. What sort of stuff is is the most kind of what, what sort of people are the most conducive to your your sort of type of process is there any are there certain places where you really find yourself you know in the, mo- the most comfortable when you're shooting this out, out and about uh well i, I mean i could look at it from from a um, contemporary uh, point of view or you know right now or mm. what i've done in the past yeah uh, well new york First, course, yeah. uh, uh, it's still a great place to take pictures. Yeah. Um, uh, Paris, on the whole, but sometimes more difficult with people not wanting to be photographed and so on. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, yeah, carry on and I'll come back to it. Okay. Uh, UK, London, mm. uh, um, Rome. Okay, I yeah. Did a, I did a whole lot of work in Rome. And... Um, and I spent about five months in Tokyo once, and that was uh, pretty good too. That was wow. a, that was very good. Um, uh, partly because um, there's a sort of politeness. I don't I don't know if it still exists, but there's sort of politeness in in Japan, uh, or I don't know whether it's politeness or disdain <laughs> uh, for, for foreigners. But uh, people pretended that they weren't being photographed. Okay, which meant that I was invisible. Right, this, which is what this, you want in a way. This is what it, you know the the, the the state that one that one dreams of, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a reality. Yeah, that's interesting. That kind of cultural difference between how people uh, respond. You know, I mean, like you say, yeah, maybe the Japanese, you know, infamously sort of polite and maybe too polite to get pissed off. You know, whereas it, I guess here. And um, too, less polite so. to, too polite to, to show that they're yeah to show off. that they're getting pissed off yeah, but of course here now in Paris I mean well for some time now you it's not even isn't it illegal now to shoot to shoot in public what's the state no, of play no, no, no. no and actually the, the evolution in, in France has been uh, for photographers mm. uh, positive. Oh, okay. Because I thought, see, this is maybe a common misconception, or maybe it's just my misconception. But I thought they'd really kind of formalize that you know almost you know in a, in a legal yeah, way yeah there are there are laws mm. but uh, uh there are laws and then there are other laws and oh, yeah. and uh you know a lot is a lot of it is up to the the the, the interpretation that's given to the laws right uh which is uh, also the case in germany with things of bed mm. for 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 uh, my kind of photographer right uh, I think right now I think it's a, probably the worst place in Europe to, to try to photograph uh, because they, they some some court reinterpreted a law and uh, you know now okay well but just getting back to Paris um, yeah there's a law the, I think there's a law that, that says that people have the right to privacy they have a right to their own image uh, 
Okay. Mm. Well, but then, then there are also uh, considerations of uh, uh, photo, photojournalistic uh, considerations, artistic considerations. And uh, what used to happen was that the, uh, there were a lot of lawsuits, and, and generally the people who brought the lawsuits won. Mm. Uh, and uh, they, they would get a relatively small payment, mm-hmm. like uh, t- uh, the equivalent of 2,000 euros, say. Mm. Uh, uh, this was, I'm talking about 20 years ago, 30 years ago. <clears throat> and little by little, the courts started to catch on to the fact that this is, wasn't because uh, you took the picture and you ruined their lives, which was possible in some cases. You know, you take a picture of a guy with his girlfriend mm. and then uh, his wife doesn't react very well to that. Uh, but uh, in general, no. In general, it was a uh, it was a way of making money. Yeah. And you know, courts don't really like that too much. So no. so now uh, you know, it's from from a legal point of view, there are fewer problems of that sort, except with uh, children. All right, of course, yeah. And it, and there didn't used to be problems with children. No, no, absolutely not. No, no, things have ch- have changed very. You know, fundamentally, and I, and I you know, we talk about this quite quite a lot, of, you know, here. But uh, do you? Some people really see it as as really quite, um, you know, a serious kind of issue that you know, there's going to be a lack of a record in a, in a sense. You know, do you subscribe to that feeling? Yes. Yeah. But but then again, I'm. Uh I have an interest in the, in sure of course you're not yeah you're not yeah. Uh, no but I think unbiased. of I think of the, about that with Germany I mean uh, okay so what, what happened in Germany was uh, apparently I mean I, this is what I hear from German friends that about uh, 15 years ago uh, some court somewhere uh, decided that uh, you know f- photography was violating people's rights uh, and um, okay so uh, I mean I I, I was I I uh, went to Aachen uh, a few years ago, just before COVID, and um, uh, for for a carnival, I was I was invited to photograph a carnival in Aachen mm. by by the the, the local uh, government. Uh, so I took a train, and uh, I got out of, I got out of the station and. Um, Pulling my, my suitcase, uh, trying to figure out wh- wh- how I'd get to my hotel. And, but as I, wa- I walked out of the station, I saw um, uh, a nun uh, with makeup, lipstick, uh, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> talking to, uh, to a couple of other people. And I, th- and I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's it's difficult when you're pulling a suitcase to to drop it and take pictures, but uh, maybe the Aachen is safer than Paris or New York sure. or London. So, um, I I went over and I took I took a couple of pictures. Wow, what a reaction! Mm. The the w- not the nun, but one of the other women just ran over and said, "But, but, but you can't take my picture!" And what do you you, you must she started grabbing my camera. Mm. I had to, she wanted me to erase the picture. Yeah. I said, yeah. no, no, that's out of the question. What are you talking about? Get, take your hands off my camera. Yeah. And then people started gathering around, and everyone was on her side. Yeah, and then they got, they, they got a cop. Yeah. I've had that exact same scenario, except, to be honest, I was photographing this woman's kid in the street, in public. Mm. But because um, I am you know, doing a project in, in London where, you know, where I live and have been for a long time, and it's a certain you know, part of town that I'm focusing on. And... Uh, and you know, I'm not naive. I know 
that things have changed. I know that people's attitudes have changed. Mm. I know that it's a risky thing to do now, mm. but at the same time, you know, what are you going to do? Um, and I didn't think it was going to be an issue, and it really was. And she flipped out. Mm. And, you know, I, I mean, there's no rational reason for it, but I do understand that we're just living in a different, you know, atmosphere and a different time. Yeah, and, yeah, and it yeah. is, you know, yeah, it is it's kind of a shame. Yeah, but you're talking about children. Yes. Okay. No, it's a specific right. scenario, of course. Uh, the, the, the smoking nun was not a child. Neither, of course. Neither was the, the woman who was talking to her. Sure. But, but there's an extension to that same level of paranoia now or just a general uh, mistrust of, of, of photographers and photography that is pervasive. And it's, you know, it has um, kind of, you know, yeah, filtered through beyond just the, the issue of, of, of taking pictures of kids, which I do understand, you know. Yeah. Well, there the, the certain real things. You, uh, you, there are a lot of photographers around, including non-professional photographers who use their telephones. Sure. Uh, and there's also an inter- internet. So, you know, there, there are images that are, the, the, we're, we're swimming in images. Yeah. And uh, so everyone is available, uh, is aware of it and everyone, uh, you know, sees what, 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 what one can do with a, with a, you know, telephone camera. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, that doesn't mean that uh, you know you should still be able to photograph life. Yesterday, uh, I, I was I was at the Paris Photo. Mm-hmm. I, I was there to sign some books, so I was at, I was at the stand, and uh, there are a couple of kids. When I arrived, there were a couple of kids uh, looking at the books and laughing. So you know what did I do? I start taking pictures. Then I suddenly realized that I'm standing right next to the to the mother. I know. I, I, I said to the people at the stand, the, the, the people that the, the, at the worked for the editor. I said, I, I, I can't resist. So I, I, I have to. I have mm. to do this. I can't stop myself. <laughs> so I, I took the pictures, and 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 then the, I was made made aware of the fact that the mother was there. And I said, Oh, uh, sorry, uh, up. And it hadn't even occurred to me that there was a, would be a problem. Mm. Uh, I mean, it shows you that I'm a little out of touch. No, but there wasn't a problem. No, she, she was okay. She, she was she was British. Okay. She said, "No, no, no. I'm 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 watching my kids anyway to yeah. make sure nothing bad is happening." Uh, um, I showed her the uh, you know the pictures. Uh, the obviously uh, you know yeah. <laughs> just nice pictures of nice kids. Uh, yeah, which you can do now, of course. Like you know, this is the problem of you know you you talked about them wanting to, you wanting you to delete the. The picture. I mean, at least when you were shooting film, you that wasn't an option. You know, it wasn't an available option. You literally have to. Well, yeah, you know, there, there are ways of undeleting also, which I've. I've oh, okay. Yeah. I've learned about. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes it's easier to just. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I guess it depends. How oh, I, I I wound up deleting my pictures. A picture in uh, Aachen. Okay. Because uh, the, the 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 policeman was was nice. Mm. Yeah. But you know, hey, that's it. That's it. It's the law. It's the law. Okay. You have to do it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Whereas in uh, London, I know for sure that I, I don't have to. You know, that's, mm. yeah, it's different. So like, I, I wanted to ask you about this book you've you've done. It's um it's called Selected Writings and it's published by Damiani, um and this is what you're talking about that you were signing yesterday at, at Paris Photo, um, uh, so obviously Selected Writings is a, is a, there's a pun in there, um it's not. If people actually expect there to see to see your writing, they'll be disappointed. But it's um, it's more about um, you know, pictures you've taken which uh, involve writing. So how did this come about? What how did the kind of kernel of the idea um, form initially? Well, um, normally I photograph uh, uh, people. Yeah. 
<clears throat> but I photograph anything that I find interesting. But generally, what I find interesting are, are people, people, you know, doing stuff, talking to each other, not talking to each other, and so on. But, you know, uh, if I see a, a funny sign, uh, I'm not going to not take the picture, so I take the picture also. Generally, I'm, you know, I don't have many of those pictures that I would think are my best pictures. Uh, sometimes they're just, you know, kind of um, uh, recording of, uh, you know, a little piece of reality that's kind of, uh, kind of amusing. Sure, yeah. And um, when I when I put pictures like that in the in the Magnum uh, library, Magnum uh, archive. Uh, I, I well, I, when I when I put in pictures, I put, I, I put in uh, captions also, and with those pictures, I always put in the word uh, sign at the end, just the just the word. Mm. I thought, you know, if one day I'm looking for these pictures, uh, maybe I can find them all if I if I do it that way. And actually. Uh, you know, that's a dumb idea, but it, uh, this one happened to turn out to be... Not so little, much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I I was working on a, a sequel to, to Earthlings, and I'm still working on a sequel to Earthlings, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out what to, what to include. Are the pictures really good? Have I, have I lost it all? Uh, uh, and uh, it's been difficult. So at, at a, about a year and a half ago, I I thought you know I have to I have to do something else I you know I'm 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 in a rut. Uh, what if I took a look at the, all those uh, pictures uh, that I've you know I've taken over the years? Uh, mm. You know maybe there's something there. So I did a, a, a search on uh, sign. Yeah, which there, there you go. You see that foresight that you had in in so using many that many years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot came up, and well, a lot that I weren't there also. But you know I kind of remembered. Uh, ah, yeah, that picture I took. Uh, and I uh, put them all together, and uh, it looked like uh, it worked. Yeah, so it worked. So, so it, you know, it's it's kind of, um, I would say, an intermediary book, mm. right? I think that uh, I, I, I want to do another uh, big Earthlings, mm -hmm. and, and so th this is kind of uh, a stop on the way, right? Well, I was going to ask you about whether you feel like, do you wish you'd done more books? You know, does it feel like yeah. you you should have yeah put more in the world? I, sh I should have put more in the world earlier also. Yeah. Uh, you know, I waited uh, 40 years uh, before I did uh, Earthlings. Yeah, yeah. I kept on thinking, well, do I have enough good ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a kind of fairly sort of accepted uh, truth, I suppose it would you'd call it, you know, that, that, you know, doing the kind of work you do, you only get um, a few good images a year, right? I mean, that seems to have become a, a sort of accepted uh, yeah, reality. Uh, would uh, you agree with that? It's a truism that happens to be true. Right, yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at, yeah. It wasn't a sort of a COVID lockdown, pro this was post-COVID you started uh, Yeah, 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 at. this yeah. Was, uh, you know, as I say, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, right, right, because yeah. a lot of people did what you're describing, you know, during that period, it was a good opportunity to go back into the archive uh, yeah, and yeah. rummage around. Well, I was doing a, 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 that a little bit with, uh, with the, the, the sequel that I'm talking about. Right. How far down the road is that, is that at the moment? Well, uh, I, I haven't looked at it in a few months. I have about maybe about 150 pictures. Mm. Uh, I keep on adding, taking out, and so on. 150 pictures is too many, by, by at least 50. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, I still have to work to get, to get yeah. it down, and, and uh, you know, and 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 be sure of myself, which is not easy. Yeah, of course. Well, no, that's part of the challenge. In that process, do you t do you take on board other people's sort of opinions, or are you very sort of 
sort of solitary in your editing decisions? At the, at the beginning, I, um, I, I want to find out what I think. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when I'm feeling a little more confident in, in, in you know, what I think, then I, then I can listen to other people. Right. And, the, and be influenced by other people. But, right. uh, you know, it's not because someone says uh, something that I'm going to follow it, but sure. sometimes, I, you know, I'll be, sometimes you need convincing that a picture doesn't really make it. Right. You know, you, and you, because you, 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 you want it to work. Yeah, you, know? you need an objective eye, you know. Well, it's not objective. It's a, well, I mean, a, someone a, a who's di- not. A different subjective eye. Well, I mean, they're not invested in the image in the way that you are because you, they didn't take mm. it. You took it. So you've got a certain relationship with that picture. Like a lot of people have talked to me about this, you know, how the circumstances under which you made that picture can have an influence because say, say it was really, you know, like you had to wait for hours or something happened in the taking of that picture that you remember. And so you want to include it just because of that. But actually you need someone to go, well, that isn't, isn't all that good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Cause you're not, yeah, they don't have that. It's what, it's what the damn picture looks like. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel that it, that's kind of what I mean in that sense of being objective. So, um, and do you know who will be who will be publishing it when the time uh, no, comes? No, I have no idea. Okay, and and yeah, well, this and one. and and it's become a lot harder to uh, to find an editor, cool. uh, a, a publisher. publisher. Yeah, of course. You know, someone of your experience, and you know, uh, it's in a way, I suppose, uh, it's kind of comforting to people who you think that someone, you know, you've got the kind of the history and and the reputation and the contacts and all that stuff and if if you're finding it difficult then someone who's trying to maybe publish their first book you know i suppose it's it's kind of in a weird way encouraging that everyone's looking at the same problem right you know yeah yeah yeah. i mean it took me it took me a couple of years to find an editor uh, a publisher for For that one sorry the the word in french for publisher is uh, is editor uh, editor uh yeah it took me a couple of years to find a publisher for earthlings and it took me some time to find a a Mm. publisher for that Mm. for the for For this one selected writings well i was going to ask you about um one thing that's interesting with with the sort of photography that you've always done um have you ever thought that you'd like to do something with more of a narrative kind of arc you know like you work on on a story um in the way that you know your colleagues at magnum might think of it a documentary type thing rather than the thing that you've been a kind of specialist in (laughs) it's not of interest no no it's it's not that i've done quite a a bit of that since i was working for magazines and so on right of course uh but um it's not what I'm most interested in. I, I'm most interested in having pictures stand alone, and each each one is uh, something that you can get into and is a story in itself, and is also an imaginary story. Uh, I mean, I'm working with reality. That's that's what's really interesting to me, mm. and and it's also what's interesting about photography to me. I mean, just in general, that 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 uh, you know you're 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 doing something that 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 looks like real life but obviously isn't uh you know the, and that's that's the the edge that i like to work on where I, where you you have the impression that things are going on and so and then not necessarily going on and if i have to tell a story i have to i feel a certain moral obligation to 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 you know respect the, the truth or 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 respect the feelings of the people uh, that are in it I think that's a noble thing, but it's a, for for my kind of work. It's a, it's a it's a break, uh, you know. And um, 
The last big story I did, I think, was in 2016, because uh, work is hard to get. I mean, a, a, a big story that I was paid for, and I, I had time to do it. It was on um, uh, about um, uh, animal farming in, in Brittany. Mm. Well, you know, the, I guess that... There have often been problems, but uh, you know there are obviously for people who are raising uh, animals for to, to, for consumption. Uh, nowadays, there are a lot of pressures that didn't exist before. You know, the vegan movement and uh, so on, and uh, uh, climate change and yeah. so on. Uh, and uh, you know, the, the people who take their work seriously and they're trying to do it well, and uh, so on. And uh, then there there are potential issues of uh, of uh, cruelty and uh, so on. And uh, so I I was hooked up with a with a with a veterinarian out in uh, at the end of uh, Brittany, and I traveled around with him for a, a couple of weeks and uh, went to see his. his clients and so on with uh, took a lot of pictures and uh, at the end I felt uh, I mean I was I tried to uh, understand what what the situation was like for them and and to and to show it you know and um, that's that's when I really had this these strong feelings that uh, yeah it's an interesting story and uh, I'm trying to do it well and I think I did do, do it pretty well uh, but uh, you know when I I couldn't there were certain kind of pictures that I wouldn't I couldn't use you know because they would it, it looked like there were there were these you know little dramas going on which is the kind of stuff I'm I really like right. but I, but I, you know I, that would be just unfair to them unfaithful to to to, to the story right yeah um, so you need a completely different type of approach as it were in terms of. Yeah, trying to do that kind of work. Yeah, but some, sometimes I used to get work where basically I was doing what what I do. Yeah, right, right, which is perfect. I mean, that's yeah, yeah the ideal. I, mean, I, I, I worked uh, for a long time uh, uh, for um, the World Economic Forum, uh -huh. Davos. I, I did 15 years, I think, uh, over a 20-year period. And and uh, at the end, I was I was kind of thrown out, which was, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I couldn't keep up uh, with the uh, the technical requirements, but uh, okay. Well, I gave them a lot of pictures that they that they used uh, a lot uh, that they were very happy with. But I, basically, I was shooting for myself, mm. and and uh, you know it was really very interesting because it, uh, I I basically had permission to take pictures, so that uh, you know occasionally someone would uh, get annoyed that I was I was taking his or her picture, uh, but rarely. Really, I mean, people just kind of accepted it, and I, so I have all these really intimate pictures of, uh, you know, uh, uh, heads of state and the, the, the big uh, uh, corporate executives and uh, so on, uh, and and I have some pretty nice pictures. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but because I was trying, I was trying to get good ones for myself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 the perfect the perfect scenario that you want. Yeah, yeah, I love the way you talk about the the, the, the reality, and um, I think you know you ref refer to it as the tension between two realities um, in in kind of characterizing that that mm -hmm. thing that you that you refer to in your in your photographs. And um, what about now? You do you take your camera out onto the streets in, in Paris every day? 
You do. I, 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 don't, I don't mean I take pictures every day. No, but you, t- you no, take but I, them. No, but I, I got into the habit uh, very early. At the very beginning, beginning, it was difficult of, of taking a camera, with me, a camera with me every day and wearing it around my neck. When I first started out in photography, I mean, you know, if, if you're not used to doing that, uh, you know, it's making you the center of attention. Uh, it could be pretentious, uh, uh, but it took me about a month to get over that. Right, <laughs> and then uh, so now I always have a camera with me. Hmm. But uh, the conversion to to uh, to uh, digital has made things a lot of, a lot easier. Yeah, uh, because there there are so many places where it's it's technically much easier to take a picture now. Yeah, and uh, so you, you you're less prevented from taking the picture by your your own technical doubts right, right. you know i mean the, the, in dark situations and so on uh, yeah yeah those so, cameras are incredible yeah, even I mean, the camera on your phone now is is pretty extraordinary in terms of its uh, capacity to yeah well if i had to choose between the two and i do have to choose between the two yeah i take the real camera the real camera but it is digital yeah mm-hmm. good to know good to know i'm glad to hear that that's great that's very inspiring well, thank you so much for talking with me, Richard. It's been a real joy to hear from you. And uh, I want to go on and do these bonus questions. I don't want to take up uh, too much more of your time, but I, I really appreciate it. Thank okay, you good. It's good. It's good talking to you.